Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The ABCs of the gospel are a staple of the Mideast prophecy updates. Pastor J.D.'s fervent desires that every listener would be ready for the return of Jesus. If we truly believe what the Bible says will occur in the last days, we do not want to be present. We want to be with Jesus, where we will be spared the horrors that are coming. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on June 16, 2019. I want to begin by highlighting several reports that seem to indicate that this is the direction that this is all heading. Let's start with this breaking Israel news report about U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo blaming Iran for the attack against two oil tankers. This took place in the Sea of Oman as part of their plan to cut off the vital oil shipping route through the Straits of Hormuz. Back in April they threatened to do it. Now it's believed that they've made good on that threat. By the way, it's all about oil. It's all about oil, natural gas. It is the assessment of the U.S. government that Iran is responsible for the attacks in the Gulf of Oman. If you've been reading some of the same news feeds that I have, you might not see that as such a firm grasp of the obvious because (laughs) there are many who are suggesting that it wasn't Iran. And to that I would just say there is so much out there that it's becoming increasingly more difficult to know what is true or not. So when you don't know, you go back to what you do know, and what we do know is that God's Word is true. So I personally believe that it was Iran, and for reasons that were told in the Bible, that they would do something like this, and will yet future be doing even worse. The article goes on to say, and listen to this, these attacks are a threat to international peace and security, quote-unquote. A blatant assault on the freedom of navigation and an unacceptable escalation of tension by Iran. On Friday, 
The Times of Israel published a report about Iran's foreign minister, Mohammad Javad Zarif, if I'm pronouncing his name right, accusing, get this, the U.S., Israel, and Saudi Arabia of a plot to sabotage diplomacy after the attacks on two tankers in the Persian Gulf. The insinuation is is that they didn't do it, the U.S. and Israel and even Saudi Arabia are behind it. If this weren't bad enough, according to Ynet News, Rouhani, Iran's president, is saying that Iran will hit back with a, quote, crushing response if it is attacked. In response to Iran denying the attack, and threatening to attack, President Trump is making it clear in no uncertain terms that Iran, a quote, nation of terror, was behind the attack. Al-Arabiya published a report about Trump saying that Iran's culpability was exposed by the United States while calling into Fox News' channels, Fox and Friends, he said, of the Thursday attacks, Iran did do it. While Iran has denied being involved in the attacks, U.S. Central Command released footage it said shows Iran's Revolutionary Guard removing an unexploded limpet mine from the Japanese-owned tanker Kokua Courageous. The article goes on to say that Trump warned Iran not to close off the Strait of Hormuz, saying, if it is closed, it won't be closed for long. Where I come from, them are fighting words. Threats back and forth, wars and threats of wars. Would you agree with this? And I've used this illustration before, but would you agree that you can only stretch a rubber band so far for so long before it snaps, right? So too is this true with the escalation intentions as they are today, dare I say, were one snap away. You know what the common denominator with these reports and the many like them is, that snap can happen at any time. Anything can happen at any time. One mouse click away, to borrow a computer metaphor. And that anything could very well be the sudden destruction that the Apostle Paul talks about in 1 Thessalonians 5.3, and with it, simultaneously, the sudden disappearance of the Bride of Christ in the rapture of the church. Hear me out again and just stay with me. I want to share with you why it is that I truly believe 
This is a scenario that is plausible. The Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians is talking about the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. He says in chapter 5 verse 3 that while they are saying peace and security, sudden destruction will come upon them as a woman travailing in labor, and they will not escape. Now, the implication is, someone will escape. Are you with me? They will not escape, we will escape. How do you get there, Pastor? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. You asked, right? I'm going to tell you anyway. 1 Thessalonians 4. I want to read verses 15 through 18. Paul writing, again, the the context is the rapture. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Speaking of death, this is what the Thessalonians were so concerned with. Their loved ones who died in Christ, what happens to them? So Paul is answering really their question and clarifying it for them and trying to encourage them. They were very discouraged. And then he says this in verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. There are two trumpets in scriptures, and there's a delineation. I'm not going to take too much time on it, except to say that the trumpet of God is for the church. The trumpet of angels is for Israel. Please make that distinction. The trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Okay. By the way, (laughs) this is one of many reasons why the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ must happen before the seven-year tribulation. Could you imagine Paul, after talking about the rapture, saying, therefore, encourage one another with these words? Oh, a third of the population of planet Earth is going to be wiped out, decimated. It's going to be horrific, unthinkable. You can't even imagine in your wildest imagination when God pours out His wrath on this earth. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. You're going to go through the tribulation. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. How does that fit? I I hope I'm not being too simplistic when I say this. But I'm not encouraged unless this being caught up together, comes before the seven-year tribulation. It has to. It has to. 
By the way, this is another by the way. I have a lot of by the ways, by the way. The next time somebody says to you, the word rapture isn't in the, in the Bible. Have you, ever, have you ever had that happen? Oh, I get it a lot. The word rapture isn't even in the Bible. And they say it just like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll try to be nice. <laughs> Remember, I'm spending a lot of time with Jesus. I need to be more like Jesus, right? It is in the Bible. If you have a Latin Bible. Because it's the Latin <laughs> word rapturous which is transliterated in English, rapture. Now, the two English words here in verse 17 of 1 Thessalonians 4, caught up, are translated from the Greek word harpazo. And the word harpazo, rapturous, caught up, carries with it the idea of being snatched away very quickly with great force. I like rapture better than harpazo. I know I've shared this, just, it just sounds quicker, doesn't it? Rapture. Harpazo. It just seems kind of like it's going to take a little bit longer. Rapture. Caught up. You guys, I want you to be encouraged, Paul would say to the Thessalonians. I want you to be encouraged. We who are alive and remain are going to escape. They are not going to escape. We are going to escape. We, not they. Listen, if you hear nothing else that I say today or screamed today, hear this. Be a we, not a they. Be a we, because we who are alive and remain will be caught up. Be encouraged. They will not escape. We will escape in the great escape. Have you ever had this one? I've had this many times. Somebody will say to me as a, you know, pre-trib, you're a pre-tribber. Okay, well, whatever you want to call me. I've been called worse, I guess. You pre-tribbers are all alike. You just want to escape. I'm like, yeah, you don't? You want to be here? I don't. And I'm not. And I am encouraged by these words because of this promise that we or alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. I can't wait. No, the dead in Christ rise first. For those of us here that have loved ones that died in Christ, they're going to get their new bodies first. My daughter Noel is going to get her new body first in the bodily resurrection. And she's going to rise first. My mommy, I hope my dad, I'm, I'm trusting that he got right with the Lord before he died of a sudden heart attack back in 1994. And all of those loved ones, and I know I'm 
speaking to many of you who have lost loved ones. They're going to rise first. How encouraging is that? That you're going to see them again in the clouds when we meet the Lord in the air. You know, I feel like sometimes I stand up here every week, week in and week out, and I basically have one string on my guitar. I don't play the guitar, but I just, if I did, I would only have one string on it. And I keep playing that one string. Jesus is coming. Everything that we're told would happen at the time of the end is happening exactly as we were told it would. There's not much time left. The Lord's return is at the door. There's an urgency, an excitement, an anticipation. Today could be the day. Maybe I can say it this way. The purpose of these prophecy updates is to turn they's into we's. Does that make sense? It's why we end with the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And it's also why we do the ABC's of salvation at the end of every prophecy update. Now, you might be saying, well, I'm already saved. So can I be excused? No, you cannot be excused. We have instructed the guys out in the parking lot to put a wheel lock on your car so you cannot leave. (laughs) Okay, you might be saved. What about that family member, that loved one, that friend, that co-worker, that neighbor? Are they still a they? Oh, you're a we. Don't you want them to be a we too? I know that's not proper English. Don't email me. What is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus Christ was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day and is coming back again one day. That's what the Apostle Paul in writing to the Corinthians in chapter 15 in his first epistle describes the gospel as the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the return of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Why is that good news? Oh, that's where the ABCs of salvation come into play. What are the ABCs of salvation? Very simply this. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner, that you need the Savior. This is what it means to repent, in the sense that you're acknowledging your sin, doing a 180, which is what the word repent means, an about face, you're turning from your sin to the Savior. You've had a change of mind, now He can change your heart. But the first step is to acknowledge, I've sinned against God. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 sort of packages first the bad news, very important, with the good news. What's the bad news? Well, we've all sinned, and we've all been sentenced to death because the wages of sin is death. But, and here's the good news, 
The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. It is not of ourselves, not of works. It is the gift of God, lest any of us should ever boast. What's a gift? It's something that someone else paid for and gives to us. Jesus paid in full for that gift. It cost him everything. Cost him his life. In his death, he paid in full, and then he offers that gift to every single one of us, the free gift of eternal life. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And now Romans 10, 13, my favorite one. They're all my favorites, but this one too. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me say it lastly this way. All who call will be a we. Are you a we? Be a we. Father in heaven, we are so thankful to you for the simplicity of the gospel. We're so thankful to you that all who call upon you will be saved. And Lord, I pray for anyone here today or watching online who see what's happening in the world and know that you told us in your word that this is what would be happening in the world, but have never called upon you, believing in their heart, confessing with their mouth, acknowledging their sin, putting their trust in you for the forgiveness of sin, receiving the free gift of eternal life. Lord, I pray that they would not put off the most important decision of their life for eternal life. So they will become a we who are alive and remain when that trumpet sounds. So Lord, Maranatha, come quickly in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.